unstoppable team. Say the unstoppable team. Say the unstoppable winning team. I will belong in Jesus name. You will belong to that kind of team in Jesus name. Now, honestly, where I want to start from is the very beginning, Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Are you with me? Come on now. I said, are you with me? From Genesis, beginning of Genesis chapter 1, God was making all kinds of things. The sun, the moon, the vegetation, the birds, the fishes and so on. And everything, Bible says, and God made this. And God called the sun the light for the day, the moon, the light for the night, the stars, the lesser light. And God was just making everything. But when it got to man, the pinnacle of God's creation, God didn't just make man. You know what happened? Verse 26 says, Then when it came to man, God said, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. Everything he did, he did in this singular tense by himself when he wanted to make the greatest of his creation the language changed the language of doing good things is not in the singular it is always in the plural did somebody get that when it came to making you and I who are just like God and in, in the psalm it calls us gods with a small g it was not a singular thing God did he said let us make God, make man in our image and after our likeness. And I wish you would meditate on that for a moment to realize that when you want to do something small, you can do it by yourself. But when you want to do something really great, it's going to take more than you. Even God said, in this project called man, that is destined to rule the universe, the far-flung universe, let us make man in our image. For the first time we hear about team God. From Genesis 1 to 25, we heard about God. 26, when the pinnacle of God's creation was going to be made, we realized there's some, somewhere what is called the team God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I hope you got something there. Can I also excite you about the reality that you are made, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when the greatest scientists decided to find what is the most valuable and one of the most amazing thing in the known universe, as far as all that our telescopes can see, they searched both Christian scientists and non-Christian scientists. And even the atheist scientists who didn't believe in God, they came to unified agreement, you can Google it. That's what is what can be identified in the far-flung universe is the brain of a single man. Is the most amazing thing, more amazing than the sun. So when the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that is what it means. Nothing. There's no computer that's as powerful as your brain. All the computers need power they need also you just carry yourself you move around do you know that your hard disk in your mind is unlimited 
There's no amount of information you, you get in life that you cannot store. The only problem is that you don't know where you stored it. Do you know everything you have seen from when you were born till now is in your mind? You just don't know where to retrieve it from. The hard disk of your brain is unlimited. Clap for yourselves. What's going on here? You're so amazing, the devil doesn't want you to know. Made in the image and after the likeness of God. That's the only place that exists in the whole Bible. Nothing else. The sun was not made like that. The solar system was not made by that, like that. No wonder Jesus had to come and die for you. Because he knows the value of who you are. Come on, clap for yourself, clap for me. And when Project Man was going to be done, it needed Team God. The reason why God is speaking to us about teams is that if you want to be small in life, go ahead on your own. If you want to be big in life, you need a team. And even when Jesus came, according to the scripture of God, to save man, the first thing he did once he was commissioned into ministry, he called his team. The first team was Peter, James, and John. The second team is the 12 disciples. And the 70 and the 120. Team 1, team 2, team 3, team 4. Even Jesus didn't do it solo. Any project that is worth doing is going to require more than you. I'll give you an example. If God made man by himself, when man fell, and God needed somebody to go and save man, if Jesus was not recruited, when he said, let us make man, and God cannot leave heaven, by himself to do anything. God never, never, God just speaks. <laughs> Hallelujah. God don't need to move. <laughs> he moves mountains. Who would have gone? No angel was qualified to do that. When you start something bigger than you, if it goes a little to the left, you may not have somebody to go and fix it for you. That is a lesson. God the Father had Jesus. And when Jesus had to return home, God the Father had the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit goes back, he's going to wrap up what is called creation. It took a team, God, to make man. I don't want to be the pastor of those who do small things. I don't have any apology because you were not made small. You were made like God. I said you were not made small. You were made like God. No, though your beginning was small, Bible says, so great shall your latter days be. Come on now, you need to clap for God there. Though your beginning was small, mm -mm -mm, that's not where you remain. Your latter days will be great. So much greater, so much more prosperous. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So it doesn't bother me where you're at. I love you enough and I have vision enough to insist that Great, much, 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 much greater will your latter days be. Amen. Glory be to God. And so we're looking at the subject of team today. And Pastor Collins took it to the unstoppable team. There's a difference between a team and an unstoppable team. The word unstoppable presumes that life will throw situations at you that want to stop your dream. Hello. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how gifted you are. There's nobody 
that the enemy and life situation will not try to stop your dream. For instance, Peter said to Jesus, don't go to the cross. Without the cross, he will not be the Lord of all. At that point, he told him, get behind me, Satan, because you are trying to stop my destiny. Hallelujah. So we need more than a team. Clap for Pastor Collins. We need an unstoppable team. I'm getting you there. It is one thing. It takes a team to win. I gave a quotation that anybody can do well, but when you face a united team, you're going to lose out to them. I gave a quotation like that. And can I tell you something? It is one thing for you to go around looking for a team or team players to come into your team. It's another thing for them to agree to be on your team. Because if you yourself, you don't stand well, well, why do I want to join your team? Hello, somebody. So before you call anybody yourself, you dig. Glory to God. Because everybody wants to be part of a winning team. Help me look at your neighbor and say, you are going to be looking so good by the end of this service. You are going to be so formidable. Glory to God. So, it, 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 listen, Patrick, if you try to invite somebody to your team and he says, me, join your team, look at yourself. Chai! God forbid bad thing. God is working on us because we're getting ready to go somewhere big. Come on now, who am I prophesying? I said, though your beginning was small, your latter end was so great, so prosperous. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And then somebody too comes to you and is looking for winning teammates and you're not ready. And you're saying, I did here. I did here. And the person walks past you. You say, ah, can't you see me? You say, you. You need work. That's why this session is good for all of us. Pastor Kola, you know what happened on Sunday evening? We went somewhere. And you know what happened there? You know what happened there? They saw what happened. When you're ready, great people look, they're so attracted to you. One of the things I told you is, I can't remember ever writing an application for a job. I'm just in a room and they offer me. They just offer me. It hasn't stopped. What is making people afraid to offer me is because they know. I am not just a preacher. <laughs> I'm, God, I'm a man of God that God tied to the altar. They don't want to offend God. Otherwise, your pastor will be taken away from you. That's why they're leaving me. They're afraid of God. Because whether I'm a pastor or not, I try my best to make sure that when they're looking for a team, they're thinking, what can I use to persuade him? What can I use to lure him? And God says, don't think about it. <laughs> this one, not my own. Praise God. <laughs> one day, Pastor Kola and Pastor Emi will tell you what happens when we go out together. They say, my God, my God. And that's what the pattern should be. You see, when you are a formidable team player, you will have choice. You'll be used to offers and you pick the one that God wants you to pick. But for you to be always be left looking for somebody to notice you, that's not your portion in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, let me pray. Anybody who used to have to wait for somebody to notice you this year, 
we, it's settled you will never be on the shelf again you'll be sought after what did i say you'll be sought after you'll be celebrated you will have invitations you'll have appointments you will have offers you'll become multi-choice multi-choice in jesus mighty name say amen and amen i said say amen and amen whilst this great man was speaking last week he took us to genesis 11 and verse 6 but i doubt if you read the new living translation maybe the multimedia can bring that up for us genesis 11 and verse 6 the new living translation he was talking about the united team the almost unstoppable team called team babel it took God confusing the language. In fact, this God said nothing shall be withheld from them by the reason of the way they formed their team. Come on now. What did I say? By the way they formed their team. You see, a great team is almost honestly unstoppable. The first person to admit it is God. God says, if we don't stop these people by confusion, nothing they set their mind upon will be out of their reach. The message, the, the New Living Translation says, look, God said, the people are what? United. If you're ever going to form a winning, unstoppable team, please don't look for people that struggle with unity. We're talking about a winning team. Not just winning in a season, unstoppable team. One of the most fundamental things is people that leave everything and they take unity very seriously. So people that are always breaking our unity, falling out, they may be gifted, but they are not people you, need, you can go far with. Hello, somebody. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Do you ever see them on United? Do you ever hear that they're not united? Jesus said, I'm going. I will send the Holy Spirit. Why didn't the Holy Spirit say, waiting, waiting? No, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. You know, you were talking to us about knowing your place in the team and staying there. That is one aspect of unity. You don't change the rules in the middle of the game. When you see people that seem to agree with you, but in the middle of the game, they change the rules, they dismantle your team. An unstoppable team is made of united people. Somebody should write that down. An unstoppable team has to be made up of united people. Unity is not something you lay your hands upon people and they get. Unity is a choice. It's a decision. We ride and die together. Hello. Okay, help me ask somebody. Say, are you big enough to unite with a team? Ask somebody for me. Are you big enough to unite with a team? Any team that is seasonal, you win and somebody says, I'm going to, I'm changing from Arsenal. I'm going to Manchester United. Suddenly, Arsenal starts to lose because they're striker has changed him. Don't be like football. <laughs> That's why it's always up and down. May our lives not be like football in Jesus' name. Come on now. The Bible says the path of the just is like the shiny light that shined 
brighter and brighter. You're talking about your life. I'm brighter and br- I tell you, you're talking about your life. You're brighter and brighter and higher and better and more prosperous in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew you would answer to that one. <laughs> so there you are. It says, look, the people are united and they all speak the same language. It's not that they don't know other languages. They choose to speak the same language. If you want a united, unstoppable winning team, people must choose what is the language. On Sunday, I was saying the language of love is to bear each other's burdens. It's not to be a burden to people. The language of the law of Christ is the language of bearing each other's burdens. Not talking. Anybody can talk. God is looking for who will help. Hello, somebody. Anybody can talk, but who will help? That's the language. I pray that Grace Assembly becomes a church that will fulfill the law of Christ by bearing each other's burdens. Very weak, amen. Very weak, amen there. So, we're talking about teamwork. I have a video that I have posted this morning just to stir up the house, but I want to play the video and then we'll talk about it. Then we go into the questions for today. Talking about teams. Now, this video came long after we started talking about teams. I think I discovered this video only three days ago. Um, Dora will be my witness. And I said, how do I download this video? So enjoy this video. Roll the tape. There are certain people that you can shoot the breeze with, but it, you don't put them on your basketball team or your football team. You know, when you start picking your team, you start picking the people that you know that have the skills that are complementary to you that will help you win. And you got to know how to build your team because Wisdom is, is, is about doing the right thing in the right season with the right people. With the right people. You got to know what time it is. Can you play it one more time? And can you tweak the sound so that the voice is clearly audible? Because every word he spoke is very important. We're going to watch it one more time. certain people that you can shoot the breeze with but you don't put them on your basketball team or your football team you know when you start picking your team you start picking the people that you know that have the skills that are complementary to you that will help you win and you got to know how to build your team because wisdom is, is is about doing the right thing in the right season with the right people with the right people you got to know what time it is you got to know what time it is. Is it time to put on your team people that all you, they're good for is shooting breeze with? He says there are some people around you they are good for shooting breeze with. You know what that means? When you just want to have fun. You should have fun, friends. And just because we have fun doesn't mean I can put you on my team. Come on now, somebody. It's a good place for you to clap. Ouch! Don't be the person that people can have fun with, but they won't do business with. Don't be the person they can play snooker with, but they will never do business with. There are many people around you that you can shoot breeze with, but be fooled to put them on your team. What is required for you to be on my team is much higher than having fun. 
Love everybody, but choose carefully. Even God says, I, I lay before you life and death. Choose life that you and your children may live and prosper. Come on now. I said, come on now. I did the math for you. When Gideon was a loser, Israel was losing to Amalekite. His family was losing. His tribe was losing. And the angel of the Lord says, Oh, great man of valor. He says, God is with you. He says, How? Look at my life. Look at, look at my generation. And God says, You will defeat them. And it took 32,000 men to do their assignment. And God says, I wish I could find it on my... I did the math and I brought it to church. And God says, I will test them for you. Come on now, what did I say? I will... Let God test people for you. Most generally, we put on our team people we like, people we should breeze with. The people you have fun with, you think because you are together when you're having fun, it does not mean they'll be united and it does not mean, come on now, they will speak the same language with you. If you want to build something, it takes more than having fun. And just because you're my family doesn't mean you can be on my team. How many of the Lord's brothers were on, on his team? So he took 32,000 people and God said, listen very carefully, God said, I will test them for you. Why don't you? Sometimes we even struggle when God has tested some people and it's proven that they're only good for when you're having a party and you're, you insist and you take them to your boardroom and they wreck your life. God said 32,000, I'm going to test them for you. Kalaba. Uh-huh. But, but the Lord said to Gideon, thank you, multimedia, the people are still too many. Hmm. You have, what's the word? In the, in the, in, when Moses was taking them through the wilderness, what they call that crowd? The wrong people. The mixed multitude. You have the mixed multitude with you. They are good for shooting breeze with, not to be in your team. And so he says, there are too many. He says, bring them to the water. The water talks about the water of the word. Hello. Washing of water by the word. Hallelujah. And he says, I will test them for you there. Then it shall be that of whom I say to you, this shall go with you, the same shall be on your team. <laughs> and this one shall not go with you. This one is good for shooting breeze with. And the Lord tested them. And thank God, uh-huh. so he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, anyone who does this and so on, verse 6, and the number of those who are putting their mouth, the hand to the mouth, were 300 men, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by these 300 men who lapped, come on, let's go on. Uh-huh. I will, then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let the other people go. Somebody help me. Look at somebody and I say, let the other people go. Okay, you see the problem now. They don't want to let go. Tell the person again. Say, let the other, the other people go. The word is other. is not the team. Let the other people, make them they go. Follow their own goal. Let them go. And I think in verse 8, the Bible talked about what Gideon did. And Gideon sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, 
and he retained what? Those 300 men. And with the 300 men, he defeated thousands and hundreds of thousands of the Amalekites. An unstoppable winning team. May God help us to build our own team too and do exploits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, that is the text today. The video we watched said, there are people that are, you can choose to shoot breeze with, but you can't put them on your team. So the equation, thank you, I, I almost lost my train of thought, is 32,000 they started with, God tested them, only 300 were qualified. You see, a winning team doesn't have to be a large team to do big things. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, if you do the math, if you t- divide 32,000 by 300, you get 106. So, approximately only one out of 106 people you meet will qualify as your good winning teammate or, or partner. That's the equation. So, you can't join everybody's team. You've got to let God test them. And you ought to learn some things today on how to test. Glory to God. Are you with me today? Do you realize that otherwise you will do small things all your life and you die small? May God not allow that to be our portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Bible says, though your beginning was small. Come on now. But your latter end. I said, come on now, your latter end shall be great. Do you like anybody enough to so much so you will let them keep you at small till you die? Do you know what you what you what you are is what you can pass on to your children? There's a maxim, Latin maxim in law. It says nemo dot nemo dot. Nemo dat quod non habet. Nemo dat not quod non You cannot give what you don't have. Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. Why do you want to die and your children are struggling to buy your casket? When you can die and they don't even need to bring any money out because you day well well. Praise God. It doesn't matter. Though my beginning was small. Stop talking about that. Let's talk about where I'm going. My latter end. Come on now. Our latter end shall be great. And it has to do with a team. When God made everything, he didn't need a team. But when he came to man, he says, let us make the best of our creation. It It takes an us to do it. As we were discussing this thing last week, this man asked a question, what makes a team to work? We found out that from the scripture, Genesis 11 verse 6, the God says the people are united and they speak the same language by choice. And so it becomes impossible to stop them. And after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible If you want to win unstoppably, if you want your team to be unstoppable, you have to team up with people who choose to speak only the same language. It doesn't mean they don't know other languages, but when it comes to the team, 
they speak one language. It's like football. Every strike they make, the coach gives them, I don't know what they call it, the plan. You got to stay with the plan. Somebody can't go another way. We're going to lose. The people are united. Unity is not a blessing. Unity is a decision. Just like love is not a feeling. Love is a feeling, but it's also accompanied by a decision. Praise God. I said praise God. If you fall in love with somebody that love is only a feeling, the day they don't have the feeling, they will not be united anymore. Love starts with a feeling, but it better grow to a feeling solid upon the rock of a decision. Glory to God. And then, so when he asked the question, what makes a team work? He said, each member of the team must know their place and they must stay there. That is a unity. That is a language of arrangement and alignment. Even the stars align. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they align. And then we asked, I raised the question. I said, why is it that people don't stay in their place? You remember that part? That's when the discussion went wild. People will find reasons why they don't stay in their place. And then the team crumbles, then you lose. And we went through all that. And I'm so gratified that somewhere along the line, even though we had to finish, two youngsters, I think one of them is in church. You... Where is your sister? She promised to be here. Oh my God. Maybe she's online. They accosted me by my car and say, that's such a good um, discussion we have. But we have two questions. And I want us to take those questions today. And I promise you that we will answer the question. First of all, can you help me clap for them? Victor and what's her name? And Chelsea are the ones that ask us questions. Come on, let's clap for the teenagers. Very deep teenagers that are going somewhere in Grace Assembly. The first question is, in the world where wickedness thrives, everyone is talking about trusting no one. Even the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. So then, how do we know who we can trust to make our teammates, who is it then we can trust to put them on our teams as our team winning teammates and the person who can be genuine enough? Is that a good question? It is one by the calculation of the of the story, the valiant story of a loser called Gideon that became an unstoppable judge of Israel. The equation is one out of 106. You have to go through 106 people to have a chance of finding one good person. Is that an easy task? Particularly with some people, they are very good actors. They are from Nollywood and Hollywood. They know how to form to try and persuade you. If you're a girl, they're called toasters. They say all the right thing. Your body will be doing you, but there's nothing there. Like they used to say some time ago, now wash. In business, there are people, their mouth is sweet. They can wear a bow tie. They can knot their tie. They can look smart. But if you ever did business with them, your EFCC, 
is going to arrest you. Now wash. Praise God. So these young ones are asking, now so then how do we know who of this lot we can trust to be genuine enough to put them on our winning team that will be an unstoppable team? We want to answer the question. Let me tell you the second question and I'm going to hand over to the man that started the journey. (laughs) The second question is how do we reconcile with relationships we have lost? Because sometimes, honestly, the person is somebody behind you, not somebody in front of you. Somebody, sometimes it is somebody behind you, not somebody. You see, be very careful the way you write people off. These days, you young ones, you know how to ghost people. Without any ceremony, till kingdom come. In those days, among Beyewo, we look at it again. These days, they know they look at it again. Oh. Once they close you, shh, one block eh? As if they're the Lord, they block you. Sometimes the person you need is either around you or behind you. It's not always true that the person is ahead of you. So the question actually gladdens my heart. How do we reconcile those relationships we have lost? Some people are very difficult. As a matter of fact, Bible says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a walled city. For you to regain some love that you messed up with, some trust that you destroyed. I quote the book of Proverbs. It says, it is easier for you to single-handedly win a walled city like Jericho than to regain some people who were pivotal in your life, but you were not smart enough to know that. And you damaged the trust. And now the relationship is over. Good question. Which one should we take first? Which one should we take first? We should take the first one. It begs to birth a question that precedes the second one, which is, who exactly or how do we know who to build back a bridge that has been broken? There are some people that by virtue of your relationship, you've probably ghosted them or they've ghosted you. Sometimes you feel hurt that this person left me and you have so much bitterness against that person. Sometimes it takes you reaching out, growing past that feeling of hurt or pain or disappointment from such a person. It goes beyond all of that and pushing you to actually making the first move. Many of us now are usually afraid of making that first move, of reaching out. Because another thing that I experience is if you've stopped talking to someone for a while and you reach out first, say maybe via text or something, the first response you most likely get is, now wow, you just forget me. Then you now have to start explaining, oh, I'm sorry, I'm this and that. But there's a counter defense that if I have not spoken to you in a while, you also have not spoken to me. You get. So breaking that bias is just getting to the point where 
you just attack from the beginning. Hey, what's up? It's been a while. I have missed you. I want to talk to you again. This man, come on now, help me celebrate him. Setting the house on fire. Holy Ghost fire. Pastor Collins, come and take your job. Hallelujah. Please welcome him as he comes to lead us in this segment. He has a lot to share. Come on, put your hands together for the city of Pastor. Hallelujah. I was sincerely praying that God would do a miracle today. And God did it, except that the miracle was not completed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was hoping that something would happen and I won't have to come up here today again. You know, I just told myself that God had decided to punish me in all the years of not talking. <laughs> And the senior pastor allowed himself to be used to punish me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd like us to take that question. Apparently, he's, he's not the only one who asks that question. I have a question here from Captain Brown. Same something similar. It was just a very long conversation. Good morning, sir. I have a question. Should all relationships be mended? I suspect God helps us end some that have outlived this program time. Do we revive them? Because most times, he doesn't tell us which one. (laughs) And our brother's question was asking us, how do we mend those relationships. Have any of us had those experiences where we've broken relationships and then you're asking yourself, why do I need this person back in my life? Do we have that kind of experience? (laughs) A lot of us have so much experience with that regard. So let's answer the question. How do you think we should mend these relationships? Okay, the first question. Sorry, let me me take, take that question again. I'm trying to read the question again. He says, in the world where wickedness thrives, everyone is talking about trust no one. Even the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. So how do we know who we can trust to make our teammates who is genuine. How do we know who we can trust? Especially in a time when they are saying, trust no one. So you want to pick somebody in your mind. I was talking to a young lady who just got married about her husband. And she was saying in her heart, sincerely, I don't trust him more because I know he will break my heart. Somebody she just got married to. Men are just the same. He will, there's no need. It's better for me to believe that he's going to break my heart and know it so that when it happens, I won't feel so, so bad. <laughs> and I was telling her that. The, so when he doesn't, maybe somebody comes and tells you that um, I saw your husband with another lady. Because you already have that belief in your heart. You just believe it, right? That's 
he's having an affair. He just believes straight up that he's having an affair. Even though it's probably his younger sister that he's taken out. You just have that belief because you've put that little thing in your heart that don't trust him. And the question is, how do we know who we can trust? Richard, I'd like to hear from you. Uh, you've not been in my class before. I like calling names. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, um, I, I was just thinking to myself now that even Jesus got it wrong with Judas. I was just thinking that to myself now that, okay, so if Jesus, with all of the power, you know, it's, it's, it's a very tough one. I, I think that um, you have to observe the person's character. You don't pick someone that you just met. Personal opinion now. You don't pick someone that you just met. So the, there's a place of observation, of studying the person and all of that. And then, also, of course, you always have to pray. And then there's a place of just trusting God that it will work out. That's just my opinion. Put your hands together for him. I'd like to take a different perspective to that. Jesus didn't really get it wrong with Judas, did he? He didn't really. Because you know there was a place for Judas in Jesus' team. <laughs> there's a place for Judas. Okay, Pastor Kola. Praise the Lord. So, I'm putting the question back to you again. That, how can God trust you? So, that means it's time and test before it gets to that point of trusting you. Time and test. Put your hands together for him, please. Time and test. I would like to say that in picking your team, they should be the subject of time. There should be of necessity the subject of time. Like Richard said, you can't just pick a stranger to join. It is somebody that you have known and worked with over time. It is not somebody without flaws. Amen? It's not somebody without flaws. We can't find a perfect person. But it is someone that we have spent time with. Of course, if you have not spent time with that person... You wouldn't know where the person fits into your team. You want to add something? Okay, please help, help him with the mic. Okay. In as much as I agree with um, uh, time in you know, considering people to put on your team, I also believe that it is purely out of God's grace because, I mean, a person you know for two weeks can be of so much good to you than somebody that you've known for two years. There are some people that, by the grace of God, I mean, you can almost quickly tell that this person, you are going to go far with them. I don't think pastor needed maybe five years or so long before he knew that Pastor Yomi was going to be a friend that would... There's just a way that, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I mean, you just know. Sometimes it's really not about... I mean, 
people that have known each other for seven years, we've heard stories that, you know, they eventually ended up having issues, one person killing another person, and they've lived together, time, day in, day out, and all of that. So time is also a factor that can be very tricky. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that perception. Do we have any other contributions? Okay, Pastor, um, <laughs> Ambassador. <laughs> Ambassador Buffemi. <laughs> Ambassador of Grace Assembly. <laughs> no, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I'm not quite agree with that time. Because from my experience, when I was incarcerated, there are some people that we were together for more than five years. Hold the mic. And Hold the mic. Okay. There are some people that we were together for five years before we gain our freedom. By the time we are out, I look at their life. I look the way they are, they are doing things again. Maybe because of the breeze, they've now gotten, when they came out, changed their mindset. <laughs> Because this is a serious matter. Pastor knows what I'm talking. I'm using myself as an example. When I first came to Grace Assembly, I was full of bitter from my family, full of bitterness from my family. Even my own immediate sister, what he did to my family, to my wife and my children, my son is there as a living witness. I decided not to have anything to do with them. But I thank God that I met our senior pastor. And Pastor Kola and Pastor Yomi. One thing Pastor Kola did to me. I'm telling you this. Open something. Anytime Pastor Kola saw me, when I wanted to greet him, he would just do like say, he's avoiding me. But I was surprised one day when he called me. He said, Ambassador, I said, sir, he said, I have something for you. He gave me that thing. He started drawing me nearer. I started drawing nearer to him too. For him to take me to his own personal house, there is something he saw in me. Likewise, our senior pastor. They have to see something in you that will draw you or that will draw that person nearer. It's now left for you that this is an opportunity that has been given to me. You have to hold it like a gold that if this thing drop into the mud, where will I start from? The person that draw you nearer will feel disappointed. But if you still be looking, okay, let me give you another chance. But why do you have to wait for the second chance when you have already had the first chance and continue on that first chance and there will be more improvement? Pastor Yomizia, he took me to his own personal house. He's only our senior pastor that I've never been to his house. <laughs> and I know, I know one pastor, day... Pastor, he's saying something, yes, yeah. <laughs> I know one day he will invite me because I'm very close to the three of them. 
when, whenever I'm thinking, first thing, when I joined this church, what pastor told me? He said, Ambassador, you are full of bitterness. He said, erase it from your mind so that you can move forward. Sincerely yours, my junior brother took my car, a brand new car, and sold it in my absence without the key, without the particulars. I was full of bitter when I came out. But pastor, anytime I just remember that thing, I say, pastor, say I should forget that. And I move on. And God has been blessing me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Put your hands together for ambassador. So, uh, what ambassador just succeeded in doing now is to make me feel I'm not close to any of you. <laughs> I've not been to any of their houses. <laughs> So, so it means I, I need to work harder, right? <laughs> All right. Do we have any other comments? How? Okay, Richard. Praise the Lord. I want to say that um, I think um, teams are also um, arranged or built based on the purpose. So picking a team to go to war with is not the same thing as picking a team to, um, let me just use the choir. So, what you want to, what the team is for sometimes would be a major reason why or as to who and who you know, will be on the team. I don't know, if, 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 so, if, if you're going to war, you'd have to be, there are some specific things that you look for as compared to, let's say, a, um, a, a, a department in church. So, I think that's also something that we need to um, also consider. You know. Yeah, so he's saying that the purpose of the team should determine how we pick the team. Pastor Yomi, please. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Can uh, multimedia give me First Thessalonians five, Amplified Classic? First Thessalonians five, Amplified Classics. We are saying, how do we know? It has been. Did I get that right? Yeah, First Thessalonians 5. I said 21, sorry. Verse 21, verse 21. It says, But test and prove all things until you can what? Until you can what? Then when you have recognized, you recognize that which is what? Good. And then what do you do to them? Hold fast. <laughs> Pastor and I did not get here on the first day. No, no. I even remember one time that when we started quite a number of us and I remember somebody went to report me to him. I can't, he may have forgotten this issue. And Pastor said, just leave him for me. Just leave him for me. You understand me? Ah, no, 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 no. He's not, he's not as spiritual. He's not as... Da, 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 da. And they went to report to him. Me to him. I remember him. He just said, leave him for me. It's okay. And it's even possible that maybe some people used it against him. And he has said it before. He says, I want you. I want not dancing. If I had listened to them, maybe I would have offended you. And they themselves, they have what? Gone. 
So what did he do? He tested spirit. He probably said, yeah, there are certain things that may not have been fully confirmed at that time. But I can see that you're a work in progress. I can see your heart. I can see the sincerity of your purpose. So I'm not looking on the outward man. I'm looking at what? The inner man. So don't whether you talk about time or not, the test is important. And then even for us that were his right hand men, he didn't put the 40 foot container on us immediately. Do you understand? He didn't put the one day, he didn't come and then put 40 foot container on us. We've been, I'm sure I've done, I've done ushering in this church. I've done collected money. I've done announcements. I've uh, water baptism. Then one time we graduated to water baptism. Then for years, pastoral, no, we used to even do, uh, what's that thing? Uh, baby naming. Maybe not dedication, naming. Pastor Kola and I would go on the work days in the morning very early. Some in far flung places. We would go and name babies until one day he says, Don't go again. Go and look for younger people to do this. You've done this enough. So gradually he was testing us. He was testing us. So one day he said, Can I um can I rest this weight on these people? Then if you pass the test. He will then increase the weight. You know, uh, when you are doing weight scale, then he begins to put the scale. He begins to put the scale. And I'm saying that you also need to do that. Remember this scripture. Don't trust people unconditionally. You see somebody and say, because the person is from your village, and then you trust the person. Or the person speaks the same language with you. May God not allow us to fall victim in the name of Jesus. Clap for Amen. me well, well now. Okay, let's hear from Patrick before Pastor Kola. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, I want to agree with the notion that says the purpose of a team determines the kind of people you will put in, it, in that team. In our lives, we have various aspects of our lives and we have various teams. The life we are living today, even where we work, we have various aspects and we have various teams. Someone that is qualified to be in team A may not be qualified to be in team B. Now, someone that is qualified to be in team A can be recruited into that team because perhaps he is very skillful, he is very you know, prudent, but uh, at the same time, he's hot-tempered. But what you are looking for is not the hot-temperedness you are looking for. You are looking for that is skill to better the team. You are looking for that is prudentness to better the team. The team. So someone can just say, this one is hot-tempered. I cannot trust him. Let him go. You discard all those other skills that were supposed to be a blessing to your team. Alright? So that is what me I see to be. When I come close to you, I will begin to study you like our father has rightly said. I will study you and I will begin to, to check the area which I know you can be of beneficiary to me or to my team in quotes. 
and then I will relate with you based on that. After I had, you know, had the conviction of this person is good in this area of life, I will relate with you based on that. Automatically, I have recruited you to my team based on that. Now, I will give you an example. When I was working in Pan, Bojo Automobile Nigeria Limited, there's this Shehu Hausa guy from Zaria. He smokes weed. He's so rough. He fights with the supervisor, but he doesn't steal. And one of the things, the, the, the core rules, or what they call it, dismissal rules, is that no matter what you do, don't steal. If you steal, you will be summarily dismissed. This guy is good at his work, and he smokes, and he fights a lot. But when it comes to when they say, we should share ourselves, because over time it's going to be happening this Saturday, pick your team. You see people running towards, we want that guy. Because when he's high with his ego, and the conveyor is bringing those 406 and those, those days of 306, 406. If you see where he's working, you will want to be in his team. So by the time we achieve more production, we have won because of Igbo smoker in our team. Not because of the Igbo, but because of his skillfulness. So please, you should check what subject matter before you choose a team. And it will help you to do well in that aspect. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor, call her, please. Praise the Lord. All right, my own good example, choosing a team, was the story about Saul and the servant. You know, his father told him to go and look for a donkey and to go and choose a servant. So the question is, with all the servants there, how did he come to that decision of choosing that one? I want to believe that probably that wasn't his best friend. Maybe he saw life going to parties, play, eat. So he has servants for all those things that he loves to hang around with. But when he came to that point of going to look for the donkey, he knew the right servant to choose. And we all know what happened after choosing that servant. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, I know the test that he probably applied. Let multimedia help us with Luke 16 and verse 10, the New Living Translation. Luke 16, verse 10, the New Living Translation. The scripture there says, let's read together. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. If you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. You know, Pastor Amir read one says, test all spirits and hold fast that which is good. To Gideon, the Lord says, 32,000, you have a lot of people around you. Let me test them. The test that you should apply, like he said, should be relative to what the team is all about. If you can run fast, but the team I need is about reasoning fast, it, your physical speed is not going to help us in the mental speed assignment we're going to do. So you need to be clear-minded. If I needed some people in ministry, it's different from people who want to play football. So you need to be clear-minded. So when it says, if you're faithful in little things, what little things? Relevant 
little things. I believe what Saul must have done is he must have watched this guy that when it comes to shooting breeze, he's not good. He's very boring. But when it comes to looking for solutions, the guy is very good. So the, the, the video we watched before Pastor Ebi came says there are people around you that are good for shooting breeze, but don't put them on your winning team. The word is sufficient for the wife. Thank you. We must understand that I, I try to understand your predicament and, and your suggestions. But when you talk about trust, it's a different ball game. There has to be an element of time and test. If you take away time and test, of course, you need time to do the test. If you take this away, there's no way you can find someone that you can trust. You might think that the Lord spoke to you about someone. But you put the person to a test. Sometimes it's not necessarily that you consciously put the person to a test. It could be that you gave the person a task to do. And then you discover that the person may have lied or failed. I'm going to give you an example. I started a small business when BRT started. Uh, BRT was started. So I used to have a staff who had been with me for some time. So I decided to just, you know, raise him up a little bit and make him in charge of the BRT selling of ticket business. So we recruited a lot of people and I completely left the business in his hands. So he had all the money. He ran the whole business. And then one day, because I thought I could trust him, then one day I had to bring that account and I said, okay, let's, um, let, let me check. And I discovered that this man has been stealing from me. He had been stealing. Over time, he had been stealing. And I asked him, why did he do that? He said, because uh, my mother needed money to start this business. Uh, my sister needed to pay for GCE. Uh, my, he, well, I was just saying, it's not your money. And you know what I did? I said, because I had the history that I could trust the guy, I had never really handed him a responsibility before. So what I did was to increase his salary and ask him to continue to manage the business. So the difference in the increase, for instance, if I was paying him 20000 or 30000 I increased it by 35000 uh, by 5000 to make it 35000 So I'll say use the difference of 5000 to pay the debt that you're owing. So who is paying the debt? It's actually me that is paying my own debt. But I just wanted to keep him. And then I, used, I said, okay, so I'll still be paying you the money. Use the increase in your salary to pay off the debt that you owe. And lo and behold... I allowed him to continue to run the business. And guess what? He continued stealing. <laughs> I used to say in those days that if, you, if I can't work with you, you can't work with anybody. <laughs> because I'm always too patient with people. I used to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I discovered that I can't trust him. I thought I could trust him. But when I now put him to a test, it wasn't a test in the real sense of it. It was just a responsibility. He failed. He failed. So, we, we need to be able to know the people. Yes, you can pick a team member and, and then he disappoints you eventually. You thought you could trust him because you've never really done any business with him. I have seen people that I thought I could trust just because I've known them for years. But I've never really had any business relationship with them. And immediately money comes in. They fall. May we not be found wanting in Jesus' name. 
I'm going to read, um, emphasize on one thing. It seems like Pastor had said, honestly speaking, I was wondering if they shared my slide with Pastor. I'd like us to put up my slide for today because he has said everything I wanted to say. I'm just going to do a summary on it. Um, it is the power of one. It's also taken from Genesis 11 and verse 6. The same place we've always read, just like a continuation. The first, uh, last week we talked about, um, the unstoppable to what makes a team unstoppable number one is that they are one they are united and so we wanted to talk about the power of being united the power of one you know we've talked about the power of one pastor tefia handle the power of more sorry previously and now i wanted to say um the power of what makes a team united what is it that makes us united why is unity so powerful? Why does God emphasize unity? Number one is that it gets God's attention. If you look at verse 6, he said, And the Lord said, Indeed, these people are one. The Bible said, God said, Look, these people are one. These people are one. Why is it, and I would like to ask us, why is it that the enemy's plan is to make sure that the church is not one. <laughs> Patrick goes to say something. <laughs> Why is it that the church is not one? The enemy have succeeded in making the church not one. Sincerely, the church is not one. If the church is one, let me use Nigeria as an example. I, want to, I don't want to use the world. If the church had been one, Nigeria would have been a better, more better place. The church would have overshadowed the government of the day. But the church is seriously divided. And most of the problems we are facing in Nigeria today, some of them is caused from the church. It starts from the church. And because we are busy being divided, the hidden are ruling us the way they like if the church is one and we say something here and it resounds in all the altars in Lagos tomorrow when we come out that which has been said is what we will carry out not when we say something here then we will sabotage ourselves and go back and begin to you know, partner with the unbeliever to cut down our own brother down but the other people which I don't want to mention they are more one or one if there's any language like that than us <laughs> yes I lived there I saw them I even interact with them I mixed with them there is no part of the northern state that I have never stayed during their festive period all manner of salad and everything I stayed with them I saw how they do their things when they finish their early money prayers in quotes their early money prayers most especially during the uh, 2015 election when uh, good Lord Jonathan was before this man came in they will, when they finish everything they will put off the mic and announce please please come forward please come forward please come forward people will now move close to their so called altar and they will warn themselves they refer to a non-muslim as an infidel in Hausa language they call it kafiri they say you should not vote any infidel into any power 
As long as the person is bearing Muhammad, Musa, Aliu, whether I come from anywhere, just vote him. But if he is not a Muslim, don't vote him. And they all went out with that mindset. They all went out with that mindset. But ours is not like that. Okay, what is wrong with the church telling us to come to church with our PVC? We all came to the church with our PVC and they say we should show operations, show your PVC and we show operations, show your PVC. What is wrong with the church telling us, vote Mr. A, don't vote Mr. B. <laughs> the church told us, use your mind. Vote your conscience. And people are there that have lacked conscience. Because the people, they have already finished them. Please put your hands together for So, you understand? So, Patrick, what I want to know is... We are not one. Why is the church not one? The church one? is divided because of denomination. Denominations. We have brought <laughs> denomination and divided the body of Christ. Okay, let's hear and from that from is our problem. Richard, please clap for it. I know the burden in his heart because... Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, for every team, there's a goal. In this um, uh, um, part of the scripture that we're reading, their mind was to get a building done that would get to heaven. So everybody at every any stature of life at that point in time, there was this goal to make sure this happened. No, going back to what he said, um, there's this every, anything they, that they do in their own what they called, there's this mindset that they are doing it for God. So even when they want to kill, they tell them that it is for God. But you see, in our own on our own side, there's so much building of self. So the emphasis is not please clap God for him. Come and clap as compared for him, to them, you know. And they actually brainwashed like that. They'll tell them if you kill, you are doing it for God. There's this backing that they give them, you know, and everybody's doing the same thing. But on our own part here, you know, and in fact, when it comes to um, what's it called? Giving. You know, you ask to give money in church, and then you start questioning how they want to spend or why they're asking for their money. They they give because they, in their mind it is for a purpose and it is God. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The keyboardist. There's so much emphasis on some of the, the problems that we have is this issue of self. There's so much emphasis on doing the things that we love doing. Enjoying ourselves. Forget about what people think. Forget about let this just be self, self, be yourself. Forget about how people feel. I mean, if somebody said, you know, there's these things I see young people do so much. They, they, they just say, if you don't agree with me, I will block you. I, I mean, have you seen that? I'll block you. They, say, they must agree with you otherwise. And I keep asking, if you block me, to whose advantage is it? <laughs> Please, let's hear from so, you. Um, praise God. Another reason why I feel like the church is divided is because we now have different core values. Core values in the sense that, like he said, we've been divided by denominations. Certain denominations are driven by certain core values. Some denominations believe that um, if you do some things in some certain ways, you are wrong. The way that these people do it, we don't want to do it like that. Some denominations are more understanding than others. 
quote and unquote. So, even within the body of Christ, we are not united. And like Pastor said, a team that is not united, mm, you can't, there's nothing that you can achieve. United we stand, divided we fall. If a team that stands against, uh, a team divided against itself shall not stand. So it's because of the core values that we represent. Some people are driven by money. Some people are driven by looks. Some people are driven by appearances. Some people are driven by buildings. So the core value, if everybody under the Christian umbrella had Jesus as the focus, as the center core value, not whatever interest that I'm going to gain. Not, oh, I don't want to say this so I don't lose my members. If I start to preach against this, if I start to preach this particular thing, my, I will lose followers because they have a certain mindset. If everybody is preaching Jesus undiluted, undiluted Jesus, unfiltered, I think we will do better than we are currently doing in Nigeria. Praise God. I think there's so much emphasis, like he says, on church dogma rather than the scriptural doctrine. Let's hear from him. Okay, you wanted to say something, sorry. Yes, uh, praise the Lord. Um, my take on the church not being one is the church cannot be one because the devil is our number one enemy. That is just it. When Jesus Christ came to die for man, the devil went to meet him where, where he was fasting and praying 40 days. You know, the devil fights what is good. What is no good, he doesn't fight. The church is the only one, the, the church is the only um, um, organization or is the only thing that can bring freedom to man. So the devil, that's why the Bible says that the devil goes to and fro looking for whom to devour. It's a spiritual thing. Even Jesus Christ said something. He said, I pray for you. Lord, Lord, um, I pray for my children that they be one as we are one. Jesus Christ saw it before now. So it is more of a spiritual thing. And the devil is really fighting the church because the only, um, the only way the devil can, can, um, can hurt God is to fight his children, which is the church. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands together for him. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So, um, in my own opinion, I believe the church is divided because of something called mistrust. I, I had a, a Muslim friend in secondary school, and I was discussing with her one day because she seemed to be very open about everything. She could literally tell you this is what she wants to do in the next five years. But I wasn't, I won't say I wasn't brought up with that belief because of you know, it's normal as a Christian. Most of us believe that when you're pregnant, you hide your pregnancy. When you want to travel, you don't tell anyone. When you want to do this, you keep it to yourself until, you know, it's done. Because you do not know the person sitting next to you, whether the person is evil or not evil. So that has obviously caused a division in the church because I can't trust you. I can't work with you. I mean, I'm looking at you. Are you with a knife at my back or are you helping me or not? So the major issue we have in the church is mistrust. 
we do not trust one another one another because of some of the evil agendas of people in the world today thank you thank you i'm going to close because of our time i'd like us to read john chapter 17 and verse 20 to 23 john 17 20 to 23 multimedia can you help me with that john 17 i do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me 22 and the glory which you gave me i have given them that they may be one just as we are one verse 23 i in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you have and have loved them as you have loved me the scripture here mentioned nine uh, one nine times in just three verses god's utmost desire for the church is that we are one forget about you know the biases that the flesh brings to us i have gone to a place where somebody told me why are you going to that church all the pastors are yoruba now so why are you going to that church you know people have said all those kind of things everybody there is yoruba what what are you doing and we are we have problems with even in my place as an Igbo man we have places where we say i'm from Unnewi, and there's a place Unnewi south it's called Ubo. he said if in it, as in, i wanted to say it in Igbo. what are you doing with these Ubo people the same Igbo person <laughs> the same Navy, Navy, not Navy South, the same Navy. You know, so we have this problem fundamentally that we always have a reason to disregard someone, to say, no, I will not agree with this person because you are tall, he's, he, he, he's short, because this person is, you know, has a plus size and you are slim and because you went to this Ivy League school, he didn't go to this. I mean, you just have a reason not to agree. You put yourself in one particular class and the person is not up to that class. I'd like us to put away this bias. If we know fundamentally that the enemy is trying to separate us and you have Jesus as the focus. The kind of background I have, if a lady is wearing trousers, this one is not born again now. <laughs> this one is not, you're wearing earring. You're not born again now. But I mean, you the devil just looks for one flimsy thing to separate the church, to scatter us. Those, all those things, do they make sense now? <laughs> does, does it make sense now? Are people still saying those things? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you are using MasterCard, <laughs> if you are watching football, <laughs> I mean, we just look for something. We just, we're not happy when everybody's united. The Bible said how good and how pleasant it is. In verse 3, the scripture said, For there the Lord commanded the blessing. He's not saying you will pray for the blessing. The Bible commands the blessing. He commands the blessing. 
when you look at your brother today, put aside your biases. Some people will say, I have this fundamental problem. It's the devil that is whispering this thing to you. This is who I am. If you don't like me, go. That is the devil. This is who I am. That is not who you are. Who you are is Christ. Who you are is Christ. And if we do not behave like Christ, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. If it is not like Christ, because we are made in the image of God, am I correct? In his likeness. So you are fundamentally like God. Anything beside that is not who you are. I'd like us to rise up on our feet. Father, we have looked at different things that tries to separate the church. That tries to disunite us. That puts asunder the things you are trying to put together. Lord, we pray for your mercy today. The corruptions in our heart. Your word says that we do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. This world has a pattern. You ask us not to be conformed to that pattern. But be transformed. Our prayer, Lord, this evening is that you open the heavens. Let your spirit come upon us. And let there be a transformation in our hearts. Ezekiel said, I will take away the heart of stone. And give you the heart of flesh. And I will pour clean water upon your spirit. Lord, let there be a shower from heaven upon our spirit this evening. In the name of Jesus. These meetings that we continually have in your presence. Oh my God. Grace assembly transforming lives. Cause that this be fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus name. Thank you because you are going to start with us. And it's going to trickle down the entire church. In, and it's going to trickle down the entire church in Nigeria. It's going to trickle down the entire church in the world. That we might speak as one and be unstoppable. Blessed be your holy name, Father, because we know you have heard us. In Jesus' much less name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord if you've been blessed.